0: Hey, guys, it was our big announcement week at Tribe Rocket, and I completely forgot to say this in the show. This Week in Oil and Gas is now brought to you by Oilfield Revenue University. We're real excited about it. We just announced it on Wednesday, and we're launching on Wednesday, July 29th. If you're a small business owner, upstream, midstream, downstream service company, not in the oil business, ORU is built for you. It's a groundbreaking online learning solution that teaches small oil-filled businesses how to drive website traffic, leads, and sales on a scale that was once only available to industry giants. These are the same strategies that I used to build Drilling Info's online platform. Yeah, I wrote this out. I had to. Um, If you ain't heard, though, we were producing over 150 leads with individual blog posts by the time I left. And these are the strategies that helped your boy, Mr. Mark LaCour, our venerable co-host, closed the largest deal in his company's history in Q4 2014, which happened to be 10 times the size of his average deal. To find out more, go to triberocket.com forward slash TWORU. triberocket.com forward slash TWORU, Oilfield Revenue University, a proven step-by-step guide to exponential revenue growth for small oilfield businesses. Again, go to triberocket.com forward slash TWORU. ORU for more information. Enjoy the show, guys. I'm James Hahn II. And I'm Mark LaCour. And you're listening to This Week in Oil and Gas. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Catching my breath there, I'm excited because this is episode 18 Yay, we made it to 18. We're legal, baby. (laughs) We're legal. (laughs) All right, let's move quickly away from that joke. Um, So we're going to jump right in. I am James Hahn II from triberocket.com. We are brand architects for next-generation oil field leaders. How about you, Mark?
1: Uh, modalpoint.com. We are the oil and gas sales experts.
0: Yes, and... I wanna I wanna give a shout out to everyone who follows me on Twitter at James Han the second. You can follow Mark at Mark underscore LaCour, or you can go to tribrocket.com forward slash TW18. That's where you can get the show notes. All of our contact information is in there. I gotta give a shout out because all of the stories we're gonna talk about in this show and in every show moving forward are all of the stories that got the most clicks on Twitter this week. So thank you if you follow me because you unwittingly voted for the for the uh, for the for the stories that we're going to talk about right now. Let's get into it. How the European oil industry decided to save climate. What you got, Mark?
1: yeah so this has been going on for a while the european the big the large european super major so uh shell bp total Eni, Statoil, oil bg got together and said look we're going to do something about this this climate change deal right we're going to actually put together a coalition to help with um, to reduce carbon or carbon dioxide now the back story here is uh chevron uh, here in the u.s and exxon here in the u.s didn't want to join this coalition In fact, uh, uh, Rex, the CEO of of Exxon, basically said, I'm not pulling a fake (laughs) anything (laughs) because this is is bull, right? They're faking it just to get the environmentalists off their back. And the truth is, and it's not mentioned anywhere in the story, a lot of people don't know this, but in 2014, we saw the world uh, GDP grow. So the world's economy grew, but we were carbon flat. So carbon uh, production did not go up. And the, So which means we, we're we over that hump, right? The other thing that you never hear anybody talk of, and James, I'm going to push you back into high school biology, what gas is most important to plants on the earth?
0: Carbon dioxide.
1: Carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is not a bad thing, right? Without it, our plants would die. So, um, you know, there's much more um, impactful greenhouse gases uh, than carbon dioxide. Uh, carbon is actually kind of mild. Uh, but we're over that hump. You know, our air pollution in the U.S. peaked in 1978. Um, I, you know, I have to agree with Rex and uh, and Chevron that the European uh, uh, super majors are are just kind of doing a little bit of um, media um, calming with with this move.
0: I have to echo, echo your sentiment because I've been listening to um, uh, the moral case for fossil fuels by Alex Epstein on Audible lately, and. I think I'm probably about 75% of the way through it, and the thing that really bothers me about this type of thing is that it's it's just the typical hat-in-hand industry going before the public apologizing for making their lives so
1: good. Yeah, and, and you know the the truth is, we talked about this the show before. The oil and gas industry is a great place, right? We've done a lot to reduce pollution in the world, right? We create jobs. We can we create economic prosperity. I agree with you. I you know I think the European oil and gas companies should just back out of this and talk about the truth about the real impact instead of you know just placating environmentalists.
0: Right, which is doubling, like you said. Well, first of all, like you said, uh, growing GDP, doubling lifespans. All of these other things that that we as an industry for some reason uh, feel guilty about <laughs> so or we just don't know. know how to communicate that story. I think that's probably the, the case. Yep. Uh, speaking of stories, how much oil does the world have left, Mark?
1: Yeah, you know, I get this all the time. You know, uh, peak supply, peak supply, peak supply. Well, peak supply was built on something that was uh, researched in the 1950s, and we were supposed to peak in the 70s. And guess what? We didn't. You know, uh, here at Modal Point, we're actually predicting that peak demand will impact us before peak supply. Basically, we will start using less and less oil before we hit the point where we there's less and less to recover. Um, this is a good article. Um, they, they hit some uh, good facts in here. One of the things they missed in here um, is that is the understanding of the business of upstream of E&P. So quite honestly, Chevron has no motivation to go out and find all the reserves that the world needs for the next 300 years. They're worried about what they need to do produce now and what they need to produce in the next 10 or 15 years. So every year our proven reserves go up because we find more, but we're not looking for all of it yet. So think about that.
0: Wow, that <laughs> I mean, is such a great point that I've never even considered.
1: Yeah, and, and and most people miss it unless they're in this industry. If you wanted to pay Chevron, which 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 would cost you a lot of money, I promise you they could go out in and, and all of the big and you know, find out all the reserves in the world. And it's probably, you know, what we have now times a thousand. And then you get into the whole how much of it's recoverable. Just recently with the, some of the new technologies, you know, we're able to finally maybe get 20% of the oil out the ground. Now, that's in nine, that's in 2015 oil filled technology. Think about that. If we're able at the best to get 20%, that means 80% of it's still there in the existing right. reservoirs. Right. So, you know, I, just like the sun one day will run out of hydrogen to burn, it'll, it'll burn out. We will one day run out of crude oil, but it is not anywhere in our lifetime or our children's lifetime or their children's lifetime.
0: (laughs) Or their children's children's children's. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, API, uh, we we had the API's uh, Gerard give speech on the future of oil and gas. So uh, timely, uh, given the conversation we're having.
1: Yeah. And anybody's listened to our show has known that we've talked about this before. The oil and gas industry has a shortage of what's called STEM's talent, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. And as an industry, we're doing all kinds of stuff to try to promote that type of talent. You look at all the big oil and gas companies; they're all pouring money into education all over the world, not just in the U.S. and Europe, for STEMs talent. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that I volunteer on Fridays and go teach STEMs my local high school. I'm doing that to help the oil and gas industry. So this is uh, this is Jack, who's the president of the API, um, just talking about how he went out and as 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 an, as an industry. We're looking to promote STEMs and looking to help our nation's young people find gainful employment. So it's, a, it's a great, a great a wonderful story.
0: Yeah, it's America's oil and natural gas industry supports approximately U.S. 1.2 trillion in U.S. gross domestic product. That's a good
1: number. Yeah, let's, let's make sure we, everybody heard that. That's trillion with a T. Right, right.
0: So if, if you want to oppose us,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and then, you know, enjoy the so-
0: unemployment line.
1: Yeah, and, and then other things like the average pay in oil gas is about twice what it is everywhere else, mm-hmm. right? So we do good work, we do good stuff for our employees, make sure they go home at night safely, and we pay them well. This is a great industry to work in.
0: All right, so let's let's uh, let's keep the love train, the love fest going with uh, with why or how we get lower gas prices from Mr. Harold Ham.
1: Yeah, another great article. Also, something that we talked about first here in the past shows, but basically our refineries are set up to refine heavy crude from the Middle East uh, and from Canada. Um, Our refineries are not set up to refine the sweet crudes we're producing here in the U.S. So uh, South America, Central and South America have refineries that are set up to process sweet crude. So if they lift the crude ban, which I think, which we think they're going to do, um, and allow our crude to to actually um, affect the global market instead of being landlocked here in the U.S. It will actually lower retail gasoline prices here in the U.S. and it'll actually help our South American brothers help their economy stimulate their economy as well. So it's just a win-win situation. We just need to repel that old antique um, law of export that makes it illegal to export crude.
0: It, it seems we're we're faster and faster approaching that so that's good news oasis petroleum a high intensity story what's so intense about oasis petroleum
1: yeah so um you know truth be told i'm I'm a shareholder in oasis because they're a damn good company nice Uh, yeah they're doing really well they um Even though in this low crude prices, their um, stock prices return to their IPO levels, which they're like one of the only ones, um, they're getting an internal rate of return of 42%. That's crazy. And that's at $60 a barrel for West Texas Intermediary. Um, This is a good company. It's it's ran very well, very efficient. Um, They're very good at using um, high production, um, high intensity well completions, which means once they have that well drilled, they go in and complete in a method that doubles per output. So just it's a great company. Now, people… I don't give stock advice for a living. So I'm not saying go out and buy it. I'm just saying they're doing a really great job.
0: Yeah, it looks like. So most of their uh, operations are concentrated in the Bakken and the Three yep. Forks. Yep. So uh, what was that thing that you just said about doubling? I heard a word double. <laughs> so what do they do differently?
1: So it's something called high-intensity well completions. And without getting too deep in, into the science, basically, when you drill a well and decide to complete it, you have to go in and fix some stuff to make it everything flow. So one thing is you bell the bottom of the hole. Uh, you come in with a, a tree instead of a blowout preventer. Um, and, and so there's ways to do that that doubles the output, and that's what they're doing. It's called high-intensity well completion.
0: Nice. All right. We've got more jobs to talk about this time in the state of Ohio. Where uh, we were talking about the Utica being the uh, the little engine that could <laughs> a couple a couple of right. shows ago, I think. Um, but shale industry brings millions of hours of paychecks to Ohio workers.
1: Yeah, and and once again, you know, we've talked about this on past shows where midstream is hot in the U.S. right now. Yes. So you have all this gas and oil and all these frack fields, but they need to bring it down to the refineries, which are predominantly the Gulf Coast of the U.S. So you have all these infrastructure projects of pipelines to move this gas and this oil. Well, when you have new infrastructure projects, that means you have new jobs created, right? You have the shorter-term, much larger contractor job of actually building this infrastructure, and then you have the smaller but longer term, you have to run this infrastructure. So it's just—it's a wonderful thing. Midstream is hot in the U.S. It's gonna be hot for the next fifty years, and it's all about building infrastructure to get these frac gas and frac oil to the, the Gulf Coast of the U.S.
0: Yes, absolutely. So if if uh, if you are if you were laid off, go go midstream, go downstream. Absolutely. The shale brothers, whether fracking or hunting gators, sibling <laughs> CEOs go all in, baby. They didn't say baby in the headline, and you know.
1: It. Yeah, these are the lawyer brothers, right? So these guys rock and roll. This is a good story. You can read about it. I, I love it, it's in Bloomberg. It's, um, Bradley Olson did a great job of capturing the personality of the two guys, but also their drive, right? So I have brothers. When you have brothers, you're competitive. And these two guys are, are rocking and rolling. Um, you know, one of them's, um, is the CEO of Chesapeake, and the other one is the new CEO of BP's fracking unit, right? So, you know, they're they're working for competitive companies doing the same thing. How cool is that?
0: How did how did they rise to the positions that they're in today?
1: They, they busted butt, right? So they came from a, a, a middle income family. Um, they both wanted more, so they're both typical American success story. And they're both out 14 years old, cutting grass. They're both doing what it takes to get things done. They worked their way through college. Um, they they learned the oil and gas industry, and and they've they've risen to the top.
0: And they and they did it while wrestling gators.
1: <laughs> yeah it's a it's interesting story so they 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 it's the gator thing is um, one of the brothers instead of shooting the gator decided he was going to jump on its head and, and grab its mouth <laughs> what? which yeah well i'm from i'm from south louisiana this is this is a somewhat common thing to do for teenagers as a dare you can actually wrestle a gator right their jaws have a lot of power closing but they have no power opening so if you can get your hands around their jaws and keep them from closing on you and keep them <laughs> shut you can actually wrestle a gator but let me tell you you know, these two guys jumped on like an eight foot gator. I There's no way in heck I would jump on eight foot gator. I'm OK with three feet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so one brother got in trouble and, and was starting to lose his grip. So the other brother had to jump on. So, I mean, how cool is that? Two CEOs, <laughs> very large oil and gas, it, wrestling man. a gator. Uh, oil
0: I'm oil so oil. glad I did not grow up in South Louisiana because I don't think I'd have a hand still. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Grillers rejoice as U.S. shale boom sends propane to a 13-year low. This was, interestingly enough, the most clicked-on article.
1: Yeah, so uh, I guess we have a bunch of grillers in our audience, which is, which is okay with me. Yeah. Yeah, so propane, of course, is a derivative of natural gas. So, of course, we have all this cheap natural gas. It's going to drive the derivative prices down. The interesting thing about this article, in certain parts of the country, if you actually do the math, they're actually giving it away for free. it's so cheap. I mean they're still paying for it, but it's it's the cost has gotten so low that the, there's actually no profit left. They just need to get rid of it. Um, how cool is that? Because of the natural gas industry, now people can barbecue for free in a lot of places in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> free barbecues, baby. Free barbecue, baby.
0: Free barbecue. Speaking of which, all right, that closes out our uh, our serious segment, which, you know, was very serious. Um, the, the we got the weekly uh, Onion. Family enters crisis talks after returning, or I'm sorry, after learning restaurant has 45-minute wait. <laughs> I just love this line where it says, okay, we have two real options as I see it. We could... We could tough it out here, or head down to Village Crossing where they have a Chili's or an Outback Steakhouse. And uh, I've been in those talks every now and again. Uh, but enough of that silliness, because we have to talk about um, we have to talk about events because we still have time. Uh, we're going to be getting the show shipped out tomorrow morning, Friday, uh, so that people still have time to get into the South Texas Oilfield Expo.
1: Yep. And you have a chance to get there for free. Um, if you if you get my newsletter, you have a link where you can sign up and get free passes for it. Um, this is a great show. This is a trade show. This is not a conference. This is where the rubber hit the road people actually congregate. I love these shows. Um, I'll be there. I'm actually bringing my 10 year old son. This will be his second time attending. Um, if you're in the oil and gas industry or thinking about getting oil and gas industry and you want to see how real business is done, you need to go.
0: Absolutely. And then across the pond, same dates of operational excellence at the Radisson Edwardian Heathrow, London United Kingdom on the 20th and 30th. What's this show about?
1: Yeah, so um, we haven't done our predictions for 2016 yet. We'll do that for the very end of this year. But this is one of the things that will be predicted. Operational excellence will be the next large business driver for the next three years in the oil and gas industry. So this is a, a show. This is a conference actually on operational excellence. If you're in the U.K. and you're in the oil and gas industry, your butt better be there.
0: Is that another way of saying operational efficiency?
1: Nope. They're two different things. A lot of people get them confused. Break it down. Uh, do we have time for you to yes, break Yes, so we have time. So operational efficiency is about taking your process, your business unit, and and basically wringing the pennies out of it. How lean can you make that that process of that business unit run? Operational excellence is looking at your entire enterprise. So everything from HR to accounting, to your offshore plays, to your onshore plays, to your refining, to your everything, and making them work together. So as a whole, it runs like a machine. In the oil and gas industry, people may be surprised about this, but even large companies like Chevron chevron this year has 26 different business units chevron calls them opcos wow that don't that don't talk to each other Silos. right so the people in chevron um deep don't know the people in chevron aviation who don't, in chevron who don't know the people in chevron pipeline who don't know the people in chevron global gas so in order to ring efficiencies out of the system chevron needs to take all these different groups and make them work together as a machine um, and so that's what operational excellence is operational excellence appeared in the 90s in oil and gas and it started uh, getting some momentum. And then price accrued with through the roof. So everybody started making a lot of money. So they dropped it. Well, now operational excellence is back. And like I said, it's gonna be a major business driver we're predicting for the next three years.
0: So it's almost what I hear you saying, then then operational efficiency is is the is the how efficient can you make the process that you are doing, whether upstream, midstream or downstream, um, then operational excellence is how how efficient we can make this
1: entire enterprise. Right. So it may not necessarily be cutting spending or making things lean, but, you know, if I can, if I spend, you know, 10% more on, let's say my HR, but my HR is, is, uh, works as a team throughout my organization, that may mean I can hire 20% better talent, which actually impacts my bottom line by $20 billion. You know, it's, it's that type of big level, long-term strategic thinking.
0: All right. Perfect. Thank you for breaking that down for us. I learned it a lot on this show and we've we've got to talk actually about reviews because we've got some of that but let me not forget to say that tribe forward slash events is available so tribe forward slash events will take you directly to mark's uh, events opt-in i guess you could say where you can sign up give your email and you'll get notified of all of these events once a month right
1: Yep. It's as far as we know, we're the only people that that does it. We take all events that are worthwhile, put them in one place and stick them in your inbox once a month.
0: All right. Perfect. And then also I was going to give a shout out to Chime, uh, Jive Chime. Actually, Cameron uses Jive of all of all companies. So uh, they they are an awesome uh, thing that could help with this whole operational excellence thing, because you, uh, how many business use, units did you say they had?
1: So this year I think it's twenty six. Every year they either sell something or they buy something. They change stuff around, so it changes every year. But yeah, it's around twenty six.
0: Yeah. So this would be perfect for someone uh, that who is like a Chevron or a Shell or even a, a, as small as Tribe Rocket, because we used uh, J- Jive Chime, and it's an enterprise level work chat that's totally secure, and you can get your entire team working together. So just. Quick uh, plug for them. I, know I don't have an affiliate link, unfortunately, um, but I will. I will put a link in the show notes, which are at slash tw All right, folks. Last time we asked you for reviews, and you delivered. TribeRocket.com forward slash TW Reviews takes you straight into the iTunes store where you can leave a review for, for the show, and, and four people gave us amazing reviews, and we want to we wanna thank you right now to those guys. So, Oil Intern, five stars, great show. Texas, or TX, Mineral Man, uh, five stars, keep it coming. Accrued Interest, very informative, also five stars, and I got to highlight, and this is the longest one, Jack. One nine three six two one <laughs> one 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 <laughs> one.
1: So now wait, you sure you're not confusing that with Jack one nine three six two one 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 two?
0: Possibly, uh, but no. He, he says, great for anyone in the industry. Dot dot dot. And this is this is what I love. I'm a young professional working for a global leader in the production of pipe and premium connections for oil and gas. I can now successfully hold a conversation with my roommate who works for an EMP. And and I was able to network at OTC this year. How cool is that, Mark?
1: That's awesome. That's great job, Jack. I'm glad
0: you found this stuff useful. I, that just that type of, that is what keeps me going right there because I am part of the great crew change, and and I know how important this industry is, and and there's a heck of a lot of work that we have to do um, to to keep the public uh, well to get the public informed, and then once they're on their side, keep them on on our side. So this is awesome. So, yeah, if you would do us that favor, trybrocket.com forward slash
1: TWReviews. Anything else, hey, Mark? Yeah, it's just real quick about the reviews. You know, James and I work actually kind of hard on this. Y'all don't hear all the technical. Yeah, <laughs> we actually just came back from a break. You just, yeah, you just hear the, the final show. And we do this as a way of giving something out to our audience. So, please, if you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy our show, will you take two minutes and go give us a review? It helps us continue to produce this great content for you.
0: And on that point, also, it will it will give you an opportunity to give us five stars, which we love. But if you would go one step further and click "write a comment" or "write a review," I believe uh, that would make uh, that would make that would mean everything to us. Because I've said it once; I'll say it a thousand times. iTunes Store is a search engine, and the more reviews that we get, the higher it drives us up, and then more people can find the show. So, thank you very much to everyone who uh, who 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 took us up on that offer, and and we will continue to thank you all because I I think this is the best show we've had, and it was completely curated by y'all. So anything else, Mark? Nope. Do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Go find some grease, guys. how
1: old are they when they do when they're that that eight feet long the alligators yeah um you know consider my degrees in wildlife management you think i would know that i, don't, <laughs> I have no clue <laughs> i'd have to look that one up
0: <laughs> oh i'm gonna use that one